Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Do me a favor, look to your right or left and say, I'm glad you're here. Come on, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. That's okay, I'm glad you're here. Uh, Look down, see if they have a ring on their finger. If they don't, hey. We got cupcakes afterwards. Tell them you got them one. Uh, this is our grand opening, and we are, come on, so excited. We are so thankful for all of you who gave generously. Um, you know, we know that for people to begin to say, I'm going to give towards something that's bigger than just my own comfort and needs, that's God moving on your heart, and we want to acknowledge that. We believe that uh, our, the house is going to reach more people, and, and that's our hope uh, with outreaches and missions and different things that we're doing. Uh, the goal isn't for you to have a comfortable seat. The goal is for you to, listen, come in, heal, and then ultimately, we believe that each of you have a God assignment on your life. We believe that because that's what the Bible tells us. If you are our house family and, and you're here, listen, I just want you to know that Katie and I love being your pastors. Uh, thank you for letting us grow into this role. Uh, people don't come out as a pastor. Uh, they have to learn how to be pastors. And so thank you for letting us grow into this role. For those of you that this is your first time here, uh, I get it, man. I am so glad that you were brave enough to walk through the door. And... Uh, I pray what you find here is not a perfect church, but a perfect gospel. And uh, I believe that it is so miraculous that God can use normal people to see supernatural results. Come on, does that make sense? And that's what we believe is happening, come on, here at the house. Do you ever feel like, people were like, hey, man, what are you going to preach on? It's a grand opening, man. What are you going to, I'm going to preach on, I'm going to preach on God. <laughs> I mean, like, like uh, I, I, I appreciate, and if we want to go get coffee and we want to talk a little bit and tell you the story about all, how, how all this happened, but I don't ever want to miss a moment for us to bring back why the house exists and what we started in a house over six years ago, and that was we wanted people to know the Father. That's it. That's what we want people to know. Do you ever feel like life, your life, is meant for more than what you are currently experiencing? Is there something in you that draws you to something bigger, higher, more, deeper? Something in you that turns in you where you're not just okay with status quo, uh, comfortability, normality. There's something, there's an itch, and, and there's something in you that you're like, okay, I, I, I do. I'm missing something. There's more for me. I met a man in our baptism class on Thursday. His name is Brian. And I asked him, I said, how long have you been coming to the house? He said, two weeks. I said, oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about what God's doing. He said, I'm going to be honest. Uh, me and my wife, we've never been to church. We don't know anything about it. And he said, we, we would pass by here. And uh, we kind of knew about the house. And, and we thought, man, if we, go, if we ever go, that's going to be a place that we go. 
and he said, you know, we, we've gotten close a couple times to coming, uh, but we would, we would just say, man, it, it's too new of an experience. And so they came two weeks ago. They both got saved. Um, and I asked him, I said, so, so what's different? And he said, you know what? I knew I was missing something. And when I got saved, something started to change in my life. This morning he got baptized. Come on. Maybe that's your story as well. There is purpose missing from your life. You know, I mean, you know, you get up, you do the routine, you do the thing. You kind of get exhausted by all the people, problems, and pressures of your life. But at the end of the day, when you're silent, when the TV's off, when you're finally done with all of the things that you're doing, there is this longing, this lack. And you're just like wondering, like, what, what is it? Do we need to buy a new house? Do we need to change? Do we need to grow our family? Do we need... What, what, some, some, I still am hungry for something uh, they, I, they even wrote songs about it. And I still, come on, haven't, come on, y'all better than that. What, um, as, uh, yeah, come on, thank you so much. So, some of y'all too religious to sing that, but other, other ones of y'all, y'all like, that's my jam. Uh, here's the thing is we are not called to live meaningless lives. Meaningless. Where, because here's what happens when we surrender to that type of thinking, we are easily overwhelmed with feelings of being powerless, like powerlessness. And what happens is when we allow complacency to sneak up and, and get into our life, then we begin to feel like we are stuck. Today, I have good news for you that you are not stuck. That God is not weak, but he is powerful, and he is able to do more. The Bible says he is able to do immeasurably more in you than what you can ask, think, or imagine. Here's the concept. We put limitations on ourselves based on our past, based on people's voices in our life based on our own shortcomings and God is saying if you will journey with me I can really move you past some of those limits just like Brian's story uh, this is why we're excited about our grand opening to see people know the Father is why the house exists. And Brian is just one of the many that got baptized today. And, and so my assignment today is this. Listen, if I, if I got you for one Sunday, I'm going, come on, I, I, I'm tr we're going to crush it. I don't want to get a base hit. Come on, somebody. I want to get a home run. So my assignment today is know the Father. Know the Father. Let me get, give you two verses real quick. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says this. For by him all things were created. Everybody say all things. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So, so here's what this means. Listen, come on. Let me, I'm coming for you. Where are my evolution people at? Like the Bible says that like God created it and there are visible things and invisible things that, that are as tangible as you reaching forward and touching the back of that chair. And God created it all. Okay? 
Whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him. What does that mean? That means that absolutely God loves you. And absolutely God sent Jesus for you. But here is what you need to know. Is that God is the standard. You know what I'm saying? God is the standard. How many of y'all have uh, places that you eat that are the standard? How many of y'all know what? Come on, standard. Like, like you have your football team, bas basketball team. The standard. Right now the Warriors are the standard in basketball. God is the standard. And so here is how spiritual transformation works. God needs you to surrender. Allow his spirit to come in you. Move out all the stuff in you. And you bring God's spirit, God's ways, and God's word to him. Because God in you is what he's looking for. Do you hear what I'm saying? That God created everything for him. Come on. And when we decrease, the Bible says he increases. And the greatest way to give worship to God is not your voice singing, but the spirit of God moving in your life where you would want to. Then God's like, oh, snap. What? Y'all bringing me some me. That's what I'm talking about. And we have a culture over the last 20 or 30 years that has been like, well, I just need to bring myself, I just need to bring me to God. No, no, no. You bring your flesh, your brokenness, your hurdles, and your hangups to the Lord, and He touches it and He heals it. But Him in you is what excites Him. Come on, does that make sense? John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down to earth. This is Jesus talking. And I do not do my own will, but I do the will of the one who sent me. Okay, who sent Jesus? We just said it. God, the Father. Jesus was the way to the Father. Actually, Jesus is all of Jesus' ministry was to rewrite the script so that people would know that the father god is loving full of mercy justice and has a redemptive plan come on somebody for their life we see in these two verses origin authority and planning this verse speaks to the intentionality of God. That means there's no accidents, there's no whims, there's no moments that were not thought through. And we are starting a new series. And I hope that you would come back and, and let us and download this into your hearts. But we are starting a new series called Intentional Living. Intentional Living. And intentional Living is not a, it's not a new concept. Uh, we hear it now all the time. Coaches, professionals, teachers, business leaders. People are talking about how we should be living intentional. The problem is that most of the time it comes from a secular worldview which puts self-development as what is best. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't. Like, we all need some self-development. Come on, somebody. Listen, uh, go ahead and take that dish. And don't leave it in the sink and put it in the dishwasher. Can I get an amen? 
We need some self-development. Go on and hit that alarm clock and let it go on one, go off one time, not 70 times. And you're trying to wake up the whole house. Come on. Like, like some, some habits are good. Self-development is good. But winning in life doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. There is only one person who can awaken your spirit. Come on, somebody. Refresh your soul and heal your body, and that is God. Come on. Intentional living means that you are making the Father God a priority in your life. A couple weeks ago, Katie and I went on a Just Us vacation. Just us uh, for seven days, and we were very intentional. We were like, we're not going to talk about the kids. We're not going to talk about the church. We're not going to talk about leaders and, 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 and what's going on in people's lives. We're, not, we're just going to talk about us. So there was a lot of quiet days. Come on, somebody. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> and so one of our priorities were is we were going we to eat good. We were going to eat, listen, we, because we live very productive lives. And, and how many of y'all know it's effort to try a new place to eat, right? Like, like, I know some of you may be like, oh, it doesn't matter, let's just go. But if you're going to find the perfect restaurant, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're, you're going to try to really get like a 4.7 star or higher, you're going to put in some work. And so every meal we were like, listen. We are going to dig deep. We are going to get the Yelp app. We are going to go through the reviews. We're going to look at the pictures. We may just stop by and use their bathroom and look at the tables. But Because you, you, how many of y'all do that? Right. I don't know what to order. There's no pictures. So, you, you know, you, you go around and look at all the tables and you're like, you just start asking yourself, like, are those real mashed potatoes or, or not? And here's what we found out. To find the perfect restaurant took a lot of intentionality. It's, it's so funny when you uh, go to eat with someone. Uh, and be, because I fully believe that the reason McDonald's is so successful is because you, you're going there for speed. Let's just, can we just say that? You're going there to, it's going to be quick. You can throw it out at you. You, you, you don't have to worry about what it is. You, well, everybody wonders what it is, but you just, you just, you just go, you know. But to, to get the perfect restaurant, and it's always hard because, come on, if you're dating, if you're married, if you're with a friend, you, you know how you started out. Uh, you think eating's like a big deal. You get in the car to go eat, and you're like, okay, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Well, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Uh, well, just make a decision. Well, I don't care. You make a decision. Uh, okay, well, let's go here. No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Me and my wife, we, we celebrate 20 years of marriage in March. Come on. 20 years of marriage. That's right. Come on. And it took us 18 and a half years to figure this out. And so finally my wife, because we would do this forever, and you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to serve her. Where are my men at? I'm trying to, like, what do you want to eat? Because I can eat anything. Well, she's thinking, well, I can eat anything too. Where do you want to go? So finally, we just had this back and forth, and she was like, I need three options. 
I need you to come up with three options. You give me three options. I'll pick one of the three options because there's so many places. I just need three options. And I was like, okay, great, fine. We'll do that. That puts all the responsibility on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, anybody can do that. I walk into a brand new job and say, okay, boss, give me three options on what you're going to pay me. I'll pick one. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody can, anybody can do that. And so now we do the three option thing. But we really wanted to get super intentional about the restaurant. And so I started to write down, what is the perfect restaurant? Will you guys put that up there? Uh, so, so I know, I know. But when you go to a brand new place, and you know, listen, if you're the person that says, oh, you have to go there, I just need you to go through the list, okay? Because the first thing I want to know when I'm going to a perfect restaurant is, is the food good? You know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? Like, like was, when was this chicken killed? Like, I, I, like I, I, don't, I don't need it to be in the freezer for the last three years and we finally got to this batch. You know what I'm saying? Like, is the food, the quality great? You're like, you're eating it and you're like, wow, okay. Then is it hot? Come on, how many of y'all been to a restaurant where you're like, I'm sure this was hot at some point. Yeah, you know, like the, the waitress, the waiter got busy. I'm not hating. If you serve people, we love you. But you know what? You get busy. You got more tables. You got whatever. And you're like, cool. Cold french fries. Cool. Uh, uh, the, the salad's warm. What's it? It's, it's like, like, is it, you know, it's like, how long has that been sitting under the heat lamp? You know, like, you know, it's like, so it's fresh food. It's good food, but it's also hot. You know, it's like, whoa, my wife used to cook, uh, but when we, you know, she still cooks, but, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> she still cooks and she's not as often we used to, listen the first year I got married men I'm gonna tell you this I'm gonna tell you this the first year I got married she was cooking cakes pies and dessert every day cookies is it my, am I every for a year now she doesn't so we remember good things uh, uh, Come on, if you're going to the perfect restaurant, you want a timely service. Timely service. Like, like, and I get it. Like, everybody is busy. But I'm like, you got this one waiter, and he's got 21 tables. Please come back. <laughs> you're like, when are you leaving? And so, like, you can, you can assess that. How many of y'all, when you walk in, you're like, how busy are you? And so, at that first greeting, you're like, we know what we want. We know what we're going to give it to you all right now, because you may never be back. Rapture may happen. <laughs> Not only that, friendly atmosphere. Like, come on. Have you ever gone into a restaurant and the host was like mad you were there? Like you walk in and you're like, and, 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 and you come in and they're like, oh, great. How many? I'm like, too? Is this wrong? You know, it's like, 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 you're like, hey, listen, we just came out of a pandemic. My kids are getting older. I, I really need like some happy places. Can, if I come in, can you just be like glad, like lie to me? Like, just be glad. That, How are you? We're so glad you're eating with us. I'm staying. I'm about to pull up my checkbook. I'm going to swipe the card. But it, it, it's so funny. It's like, let, let me explain how this works. Y'all ever have those moments where you want to explain how life works? Like, okay, I have money. I'm coming to this place. Um, uh, if all of us come eat here, you guys have a job. 
And so if nobody comes eat here, the business closes. So don't act like I'm the enemy. When I come up, say, we are really glad that you're here. We have a table just for you. It's going to be a wonderful experience. You know, that's part of the dining experience. I want it to be clean. Come on, how many of y'all ever walked into some, some tables and you were like, you started cleaning them. You're like, eh, it's cool. My wife makes me do this all the time. You know? yeah. I go, you got a rag? You got a mop? You know, there's some peanuts on the floor. I get that. You know, if you want it to be like clean, the bathroom, come on, if the food is good, you go in. Let's just, can we just say that? I know it's a little dirty for church, but man, you know what I'm talking about. Is it, like I just, I want to go to the bathroom and I, is it too much to ask? I just want toilet paper to be in there. I want some toilet paper. I want some napkins. I want to be able to wash my hands. I just, that, that's it. We're going to leave it there. The price. Come on, you're looking for the perfect restaurant. Like this was worth it. it we didn't pay four times as much for something that's not worth it. Like the price. And then the way I measure a great restaurant, come on, is the dessert. How many of y'all, where y'all at? Where y'all at? Like, like I, I, I don't want you to tell me you have great dessert and you went and got it from the store. Like, I, if you tell me you got great dessert, I'm like, who, who made it? What's their name? <laughs> where they live? Yeah, like, oh, this is the best dessert ever. We got it from Sam's. It's wonderful, which uh, that's fine. Look at, and then it's not crowded. And I don't mind a, a crowd, man. And this thing is, this thing is booming. But sometimes you sit in tables and you sit down and they're so tight together. You're like, listen, if the food is really that good, I'm going to gain two inches when I come. Like, I, I'm in the process of growth right now. Like, you're going to have to give me an extra two inches on this bad boy. You know what I'm saying? I'm squeezing in. Here's the thing. In our quest for a perfect restaurant, I'm using this as an example today because I feel like there are a lot of people who are searching for perfect. They are per searching for a perfect mate, a perfect boss, a perfect church. Come on, listen. A perfect spouse, a perfect friend, a perfect pastor. And I just need you to know this. God is the only one that's perfect. The Father is perfect, and He is missing nothing. And life comes from Him. And listen, knowing Him is the absolute best. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 through 22 says this. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around Him, He gave orders to go to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to Him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds have air, uh, birds of the air, yeah, they, they do have air, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere, listen, to lay his head. Kind of a, like a Yoda moment. Here's the thing. I want you to see something. When I was younger, this text was hard for me. It was hard for me to understand because as a baby Christian, when you start reading the Bible, at least for me, it was easy for me to get caught up in my feelings and miss the truth. Okay? This text was troubling to me because I didn't yet understand that everything that God does in Scripture, He does 
He's, God is love. Everything he does is loving. God is, it's not that he has love, it's that he is love. His love is relentless, loyal, and perfect. His love is encapsulated in Jesus. And so when I read any part of the Bible, I have to start with that thought. The truth in this text is the key to know the Father. So how do you know the Father? In order to know the Father, you have to deliberately surrender your life. You have to, listen, deliberately surrender your life. And so here in the next three chapters uh, uh, of Matthew uh, 9, 10, and 11, Jesus begins to talk about the kingdom. He is healing people. He's ministering one miraculous sign after the other. Jesus was teaching us what it would be like to live in his kingdom. See, in my kingdom, there's justice and mercy and healing and redemption. Look how Jesus responds to the crowd. The crowd starts coming and Jesus looks at his disciples and said, let's go further. Like, like that is not the example that we get from politicians or artists or celebrities. They're all like, what? Where y'all been at? Hey, y'all done? Okay, is this my good side? Social media, where y'all at? How you doing? Name's Jesus. If he's trying to start a movement, then why is he moving away from the people that he came to save? That would be a logical answer for a question for all of us to ask. And all of our young leaders, I need to talk to you a little bit. All of our influencers in the room. Jesus understood something that I think is very important to us. How he responds to the crowd teaches us how we can know God. Listen, don't fall for the lie that the crowd is what establishes your influence. Because it doesn't. Jesus knew the crowd could do very little to help him make a lasting impact on earth. Jesus shows us that he's more interested in a conversation than cheers. And he knew if we keep moving, I'm going to move away from the crowd who's excited about what I'm doing. And I will have a conversation with someone and reveal to them who I really am. See, his mission wasn't the many, but those who wanted to become members of his kingdom. His movement was to see who would follow him. This man in the text was a scribe. And so, just, just so you know, scribes were a very big deal. Scribes in ancient Israel were educated men who their job was to study the law, transcribe it, and write commentary on it. This was the type of dude you wanted following you. Hey, Jesus, you know, we got a scribe over here. <laughs> like, you need to know him. Like, I think he would make a great addition to the disciples. And so we need to start like bringing him along. I think maybe you could do, could you do the wine thing again? I mean, I think that that would be like really impressive because you have a lot of great things to say and someone needs to write it down. I just, I think this would be a really good move for us. Jesus didn't think that way. The scribe was looking for a position when Jesus was offering life. Come on. Jesus knew that for us to truly have life, there must be a death 
a burial, and a resurrection. Here is why most of the people in the gospel were confused by Jesus. Because he offered the logic of indirection. The Bible talks about it all the time. The way up in the kingdom is down. It's indirection. If you want to be trusted with more, you have to give. It's indirection. Does that make sense? When the scribe said, hey, I want to come follow you. Man, who, what pastor doesn't want to hear that? Hey, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to just follow. I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a part of the leadership. I just want to do whatever it is because I, I just want to follow God. Wow. But Jesus knew, listen, some people make choices by what they see. Other people make choices by what they're willing to deliberately surrender. It wasn't wrong that this man wanted to follow Jesus. He just thought that if I do it this way, and Jesus was like, actually, that's the right thought. I just need you to do it in a different way. And it was in direction. Does that make sense? He says, teacher, I will follow you wherever I go. How impressive. And Jesus responds, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The scribe was impressed by Jesus' actions. But did he really want his lifestyle? Come on. Could it be that the scribe only wanted to follow Jesus to share in the rule of the new kingdom? God can and will change your life if you're willing to exchange real comfort for, for life. Life. Something that's meaningful. This is how you know the Father. And you surrender, listen, again and again and again. The last part of this verse, I want to touch on this real quick. It says this. And another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said, follow me. Leave the dead to bury their own dead. I'm like, oh, that's kind of hard. Okay? At the first glance of this, it sounds cold, callous, heartless. But remember, God is love. Here is what Jesus was trying to say. I want to show you this image. Jesus was trying to tell you that if you want a perfect life, go ahead and put that up there on the screen, then you're going to have to come into life. And so to understand this text, you actually have to understand what, what Jesus wanted to do. We were all in death. That means that it affects every area of our life. Relationally, personally, development, body, behavior, emotion, mind, your trauma, your social context. All of that is maneuvered and built after the old man. But when Jesus comes in, who is the doorway to the Father, and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, then it starts a process of transformation. And that's why Jesus said, do you really want to give up life to go help people who are in death? Does that make sense? That's why he said, let the dead bury the dead. He wasn't saying, don't honor your mom and dad. He wasn't coming against scripture. He was saying, I am offering you something that will transform your whole life. 
Why would you give that up for this? That is what we want to see happen in your life as a church. We want you to come in, and we say this all the time, don't give us a service. We believe there can be a counter in, and, and Holy Ghost encounter in the service. We believe the Holy Spirit can move on you in a service. But if you want to see spiritual transformation happen, we're asking you to give us a year. Because here's the deal, the Spirit of God wants to begin to move in you, and I believe that your relationships will start to heal. You'll be start to become an aware. That anger, that frustration. Come on, personally, you don't need to watch YouTubes so that someone's yelling at you so that you perform. You, listen, you, you don't need the rock encouraging you. You need to build your life, come on, on the rock of God. And here's what happens. When the Holy Spirit gets into your life, life comes out, and then you personally begin to respond because life is coming from inside. And so that's when you begin to work, not as unto man, but you begin to work as unto God because you know He sees you, so you don't cut corners. You do everything He's asked you to do. Come on, development. Your body, did you know that your body is a temple of the Lord? Is a temple? And so in the New Testament, we don't have the tabernacle. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. How are you doing with the body that God gave you? Behavior, emotion, your mind, come on, trauma, things that are of the past, triggers and moments. God wants to come in. Come on, listen. Social context. The longer that you are submitted to the Father, I'm going to just be honest. Can I, can, 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 we, can I go there real quick? If you get saved here and your philosophy does not change and you can vote the same here that you can over here, everything should change in your life. Everything should change in your life. When we deliberately surrender our life to Jesus, that is when real life begins. It's the best life. And there are so many areas that God wants to heal, come on, and transform if you will let Him. And we all have a past, a personality, and passions, but they all have to be overhauled. Many struggle to find the perfect life outside of knowing the Father. And that will only leave you empty, Longing for something that will never be filled. Much like the quest of our perfect restaurant, many are looking for what's perfect. And I want you to know the Father is perfect. Come on. Listen. He is the only one worthy enough to deliberately surrender your life to. His character is perfect. He is not human. He doesn't have a fallen nature. His, he's never sinned. He's never lied. If Exodus chapter 34 verse 6 says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Jesus opens the door for us to know the Father. That door was shut due to sin. But in God's great love for you, He sent Jesus to be the bridge of redemption. Jesus is offering you life, not death. 
What good would it be for you to build an awesome home and miss life? What good would it be for you to, to run and chase other things and miss life? Life isn't found in obligations to your family. It isn't even found in what you're building. It's found in knowing God. So here is my one question to you. And we're going to sing this song and just take a moment. And I want you to think about this one question. Are you ready to make the decision to deliberately surrender your life? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.